Well, good morning. It's great to see everybody today. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. You sound great. I'm so thankful for the way you've been singing and worship this morning. I'm grateful for the band and the members of that who have led us today. Great job. Can we celebrate them this morning? I'm so thankful for you guys. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. My name is Chad Balthrop. I'm one of the pastors here at, at First Baptist Owasso here at the Calvary campus. I'm just so thankful that we get to be together. I want to invite you to go ahead and take your Bibles, if you have them with you, and turn to Galatians chapter 5. That's the chapter that we're going to be in today. And I just want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's an easy way to see that on our church app. Actually, the QR code that's on the chair right in front of you, you can scan that. You can find our This Week at First, which is our digital bulletin. You can find sermon notes within our church app. You can also find a copy of God's Word. So there's lots of ways that you can do that. But Galatians chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And in just a few moments, we'll stand together and read that. We like to stand together out of honor for God's Word. And then when I read it, I'll say at the end of it, this is the Word of the Lord and the congregation always responds, praise be to God. And so we'll do that here in just a minute. But before we read God's word today, I thought I should probably just make a confession. You know, church, it's a good place to confess things, right? It's church, right? And so I just, I need to let you all know, and this may not come to any surprise to you, but I am terrible at growing things that are green. I can kill it. I have a black thumb <laughs> instead of a green thumb. I have, my daughter loves these little succulent plants that are just easy, no care. You don't have to water them. You don't have to put them. I can kill it. I've killed her succulents before, and it's terrible. I just, I'm, I'm terrible. My little brother is, I think my brother was born 100 years too late because he's a farmer at heart. He's a mechanic at heart, and he's, you know, he's out in the woods hunting and doing things, and he's constantly showing me things from his garden. He's got these habanero peppers that he's growing that are just beautiful, and I just can't wait to eat the salsa that is made from peppers like that. And he's growing tomatoes and he's growing all this stuff. And I'm looking at that thinking, if I walk past your garden, it will die. Because <laughs> I just am terrible and terrible at growing things. And so in spite of the fact that I'm terrible at growing things like, and maybe the reason I'm terrible at growing vegetables is because I just don't like to eat them. I don't know. I just, I have this thing. I, I think a cocoa bean makes a great vegetable. It's a plant. It grows on a tree, right? So chocolate is a vegetable, right? That's kind of my personal philosophy. I'm just terrible at growing things. And so one of the things we're going to see today in Scripture that I think I want you to take close and pay close attention to as you read God's Word today is this entire passage of Scripture is really, if you really were to boil it down into one central idea, it's this idea of how do you as an individual and how do we as a church, how do we grow in Christ? What does that look like for us to grow in wisdom and admonition? And, and admonition. What does it look like for us to grow in faith? What does it look like for us to grow in our walk with Christ? What does it look like for us to grow together with one another? Remember through this whole series, the series is called Together, and it's the church in a changing world, right? We've said every week that your, your life with Christ is incomplete without a connected relationship to his church. And so just like I can kill a tomato plant by just chopping it off at the roots, you can actually damage or destroy your your walk with Christ by cutting yourself off from his word and by cutting yourself off from other believers. And you can be as devastating 
to your own walk with Christ as I am to vegetables when it comes to growing green things, right? You can do that by cutting yourself off from people and cutting yourself off from God through his word. So today in Galatians chapter five, we're going to see some principles that I believe if we as believers, if we as followers of Christ will tap into these principles, I believe it'll change the way our, our entire life I believe it'll change the way we approach life in general. Not just our, our lives, but the way we approach one another within our lives. And so that's what I hope we'll see today. So let's go ahead and do this. Let's stand together and let's take a look at Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through the end of the chapter. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. Here's what it says. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have cruci- those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much. You can be seated. One of the first things that I think you see in this passage is that you see it. You see a bunch of things. First off, verse 16 and verse 26, they end with the same idea, this idea of taking the right steps. Walk with the Spirit is what verse 16 says. And then in verse 25 and 26, 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So you'll notice from the very beginning of this that, that the steps that you take matter. And here's the thing that I hope that you'll start doing or that you'll be doing in your relationship with God and with one another. Here's something that I hope that will capture your heart today as we take a look at this passage. I hope that you'll be able to honor your relationship with God. That's the very first thing that I hope that you'll do, that you'll be able to honor your relationship with God. Well, how do you honor your relationship with God? Well, more specifically, how do you honor your relationship with anybody? How do you do that? One of the things that's complicated for Thanksgiving this year is trying to figure out in the midst of a COVID environment, how do you get with the people that you love the most? And how do you do that in a way that keeps everyone safe? In my family, we have a family tradition. It's one of the ways I honor my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. It's one of the ways I honor my mom and my dad. We have this family tradition. On, on Thanksgiving Day, we go to my in-law's house and we celebrate this. We eat far too much pie and I eat a lot of of turkey, and I eat no vegetables, and it's beautiful. And, and so here we are on Thanksgiving Day doing all this, and it's usually my in-laws and my brother-in-law and, and our family, and then my, my father-in-law has a bunch of brothers and sisters, and so some of them will come over. It's usually 25 or 30 people. Well, this Thanksgiving, it's really just going to be my immediate family, my mother and father-in-law, my brother-in-law, and, and his girlfriend. So that's, that's going to be Thanksgiving. It's just a little bit different. And then my mom, remember my dad, passed away recently. So we're not going to go to Oklahoma City. She's going to come 
to Owasso. And so here's a tradition that has changed. Well, how do you honor those relationships with one another? How do you do that? Well, you, you kind of have to walk together, right? You kind of have to spend some time together. You have to be together. You have to be in one another's lives a little bit. And when I say we should honor our relationship with God, when I say to you, honor your relationship with God, well, how do you do that? Well, verse 16 tells us this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, so the first idea is as simple as taking a step. How do you honor your relationship with God? You take a step with Him. And when He takes His next step, you know what you do? You take another step with Him. Consider this with me for just a second. Where you are right now today was determined and influenced by the steps that you took yesterday. Right? So the mess you're in right now or the blessing that you're in right now, it's not because of right now. <laughs> it's because of a step you took yesterday. And it's not really difficult to really do the rest of the math on that little equation, right? That where you go tomorrow will be influenced and determined by the steps you take today. You know what I think that means spiritually for us? I think it means that we're all just one step away from total devastation. Because it's just one step at a time that our life falls apart, right? It's not, typically, we're not running full bore force into this giant temptation that's just going to suck the life out of us, right? Typically, we're not stepping into this giant sin that's just going to destroy our lives forever. Typically, that doesn't happen because we take this giant leap off of some giant cliff. That's not usually why that happens, right? Usually, it's this series of, well, I just said that one thing. Well, I just, I just looked that one time. It was just one step closer. It was just one little lie. It was just, it was just, it was just. And then we look back and we're addicted. And then we look back and we've broken a relationship that's been a lifelong relationship. Or we've broken an opportunity that could have been something exceptional that would have led us into something even better. One step at a time, we've gotten to where we are right now today. But that's the, that's the bad news. The good news is, if we walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Beginning right now today, if you don't want to live like that anymore, take a different step in a different direction. I don't want to go this way anymore. I want to go this way anymore. Isn't that the nature of repentance? Repentance is the idea that I recognize that what God says about my life is true and I was heading this direction and it was away from God, but because I recognize that what God said is my, about my life is true, it's actually to turn around and say, I'm not going to go that way anymore. God, I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to take another step. You see, that's the other idea that, that I want us to catch here that... that, that that the Spirit empowers you for every right step. The Spirit empowers you for every right step. Today, if you surrender your heart and your, and your life to Him, then all, it's a simple, and when I say surrender, it sounds drastic, doesn't it? But it's really as simple as agreeing, as agreeing with God, right? God says, if you go that way, it's going to hurt you and destroy you. Come my way and you'll have life and have it more abundantly. So what step 
do you need to take today? The Holy Spirit, he empowers every right step. Look at, look at uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, I think it's interesting when it says that the Spirit that the Spirit empowers every right step. It also tells us that my flesh and my spirit are at war with one another. And so as we take this step, don't, don't, make me, don't think that what I'm saying is that this is simple, right? I understand that taking a step in another direction is difficult. I understand that it's challenging. I understand that it's hard. It's not simple because the very flesh that's in us is trying to keep us from going in the right direction. And this is why I would say to you, one of the things we've got to get good at is entering the danger. You need to enter the danger. You need to enter the danger of the conflict that happens when my flesh says, I want it this way, but God says, I want it that way. Enter that danger and just recognize that our flesh is at war with, with the Spirit of God that's in us. I don't naturally want the right things. Actually, I've heard people say, well, why, why is your life all messed up? Well, the devil made me do it, right? <laughs> um, well, my, I had a friend who tempted me into it. I had a friend who just kind of pushed me into it. And, and we're constantly like Eve, or excuse me, like Adam. We're constantly trying to blame someone else. Adam blamed Eve. Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. The serpent blamed God, right? All together, they were actually blaming people. So we're constantly trying to blame someone else. But what I see inside this passage is it's, it's not other people, and it's not the world, and it's not some political party, and it's not some race, it's not some color, it's not some socioeconomic class that's, that's pushing me down and causing me to make mistakes. It's not somebody else that's causing me to walk the wrong direction. You know what I read when I see this? It's my own flesh. I can do bad all by myself right? I don't just sin. I don't just sin because somebody tempted me. I sin because I like it. I sin because I'm arrogant enough to think I just know better than everybody else. I sin because I just think when I do this, sure, it doesn't work for you, but it's going to work for me. And you know why? Because I'm just that much smarter or that much better or that much more righteous. And I fool myself into believing that the rules don't apply to me. They apply to everyone else. And I can do bad all by myself. It's not just that I sin because I like it. I sin because I'm good at it. I am good at stepping in the wrong direction. I am good. I am good at doing things that I shouldn't do. And the Bible says I need to enter this danger where I recognize the conflict between the spirit and between the flesh. And then he gives us this list. He gives us this idea that shows us this is exactly how you can recognize those things that are at war in your spirit with the things that are at war in your flesh. Verse 17, it says this. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. And then in verse 19 and 20, he gives us a list. Here's an interesting and easy way for you to be able to see this as you enter the danger. Here's an interesting way you can see what these things look like. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality... Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You guys know what sin is, right? 
You know the things that tempt you, right? You don't walk into, you don't, you don't take your next step with a blindfold on, right? Nobody had to really make that list. You don't really have to turn on the TV to see a good definition of what sinfulness looks like is, right? I mean, you know it. You know it in your spirit. You know it in your heart. And for some reason, we're able to completely justify this next step in the wrong direction. But when we surrender, oh, when we surrender, when we trust in Christ, when we recognize that his way is the right way, when we honor our relationship with him and simply listen to what he has to say, well, then there's a new list, isn't there? Look at verse 22. Here's the new list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So if you just took a step towards Christ, you're taking a step towards love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. How's your joy in the middle of a COVID environment like we're in? How's your joy? Take a step away from the temptations you've been feeling and following and a step towards Christ. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What step do you need to take next? So I think it starts with this idea that we're going to honor our relationship with God by recognizing that I can do bad all by myself. And these steps that I'm taking all by myself aren't effective. They're leading me to a place of destruction. They're leading me to a place where I can't possibly grow But if I'll listen, if I'll surrender, if I'll follow, the Spirit empowers every right step, and the next step I take can be a step into a future that's far better than my past. The next step I take can be a step into a future that is one of of, uh, drawing close to Christ and and moving further away from those temptations and those sinful ideas and desires and actions that are destroying my life. But there's more to it than that. And it's what I notice in this list of the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I go back to verse 19, I notice something as well. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity. Look at this, jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, dissensions, all of those things in those lists. Those are relational words, right? So I need to honor my relationship with God, but I think so many of these Things that are sinful and so many of these things that are righteous. So many of these things that lead to life and so many of these things that lead to death are lived in the context of one another. They're lived in the context of our relationship with one another. So if you're going to honor your relationship with God, the next thing I think you need to do based on this passage is you need to cultivate. You need to cultivate your relationship with one another. It's actually why I believe the church is such a critical element in the life of our growth with Christ. It's why I believe our lives with Christ are incomplete without a connected relationship to his church. One of the things my brother does with his garden that I'm just not capable of doing because I just am terrible at it is he cultivates his garden. He tills the soil just the right way. He plants the seed at just the right time. He makes certain that it has just the right kind of sunlight. He puts the right kind of fertilizer on it. He waters it in just the right way. And actually, he goes out on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, actually, probably more than that. He goes out on a weekly basis to make certain that there are no weeds that are springing up. 
And if he notices that there are animals getting into his garden, then he builds up fences and protections. He builds up ways for those tomatoes not to be eaten by the birds, right? He puts protections around those things that he's growing, and he's cultivating that garden so that in God's time and in God's way, God can grow something miraculous right there out of that puddle of mud. I don't understand how he does it, but he cultivates this garden. And because of the way he cultivates the garden, something remarkable grows up. And so he's created this incredible, it's almost like a greenhouse where his garden can grow. And isn't that really what the church is supposed to be? When I say we should cultivate our relationships with one another, I mean, we ought to take a look at those two lists, the lists of temptations and the lists of righteousness. And in the context of a church, in the context of a, of a place of growth like this, we have the opportunity to do exactly what my little brother has done with his garden. When there's a weed in my life, one of you, if you know me and we've cultivated a relationship with one, with one another, one of you can get in my face and look at me and just say, hey, that looks like you're about to give into temptation. Or it looks like you're already giving into temptation. And I just want to stop you because there's a cliff right here. And as your brother and as someone who loves you, I just want to say, to help cultivate this relationship, I want to stop you before you walk off this cliff. I can honestly say I have so many friends who are in the ministry. I have so many people who are, who are in the ministry but not on staff at a church. They're, they're ministers in their workplace. And in this season of COVID, they're exhausted. They're exhausted physically. They're exhausted emotionally. They're exhausted spiritually, and, and there have been hurts. And if I'm going to cultivate my relationship with them, then maybe what I need to do is I need to step into their life, and I need to say, hey, all these areas that you serve in, all these places that you're a part of right now, maybe this is a moment because healthy people don't act like hurting people. Because we, when I'm unhealthy, I, I bite people, right? When we're, when we're sick, when we're sad, when we're alone, when we feel tired and exhausted. We, you've seen the Snickers commercials when you're, you're, when you're hangry, right? You know, when you're just hangry, you don't act like a healthy person. And sometimes I need a friend in my life. Sometimes you need a friend in your life to just stop you and say, this isn't the time for you to be on a platform serving. This isn't the time for you to be giving. This is a time when you need to let your church serve you. This is a time when you need to let someone pour into you. And at the same time, there's somebody else who's healthy. They're doing, doing well. God's done some remarkable things in their life in this season. And now it's a season for them to serve. It's a, it's a season for them to give. It's a season for them to cultivate their relationship with you by being the one that can be leaned on and be relied on. See, it's inside the local church as we cultivate our relationships with one another. It's in the church that my, that my strengths can be discovered and developed and deployed. It's inside the local church where my weaknesses can be revealed and, and complemented. Your, your weaknesses are complemented by my strengths. And my weaknesses are complemented by your strengths. There's places that you'll go that I'll never be. There's things that you'll do. There's words that you'll say. There's thoughts that you'll think. There's experiences you will have with God that I'll never have. Because God relates to you in a way that's intimate and that's personal. And as we cultivate our relationship with one another, and you talk to me about your relationship with your Heavenly Father, and I talk to you about my relationship with my Heavenly Father, guess what? We learn more. 
we discover more. We find out more about who God is, and then together we have this opportunity to take our next right step because we've cultivated these relationships with one another. We need one another because the church isn't just a place where my strengths are discovered and developed or deployed. It's not just the place where somebody can stop me before I fall off a cliff. You know what else the church is? It's a place where I'm on your side. And even if what I need to say to you or what you need to say to me, even if it's a little bit painful, it's helpful. A few years ago, I was having problems with my back. It hurt. And my legs started turning sideways. And I've always had problems with my back. And when I was 20, I had back surgery. And the doctor then told me, hey, you're probably going to have to have back surgery again. And so I just was convinced, here I am, an old man now. It's going to be time for me to have back surgery. So I went to the doctor, went to three different doctors. They all looked at me and told me the same thing. They all said, your back's not a problem. It's your hips that are terrible. And, uh, and so I, you know, I had a hip replacement. It was amazing. It was an outpatient surgery. I went in that morning. I walked out with a, they cut off the top of my femur and they put a brand new hip in. It was amazing. And I walked out that afternoon. It's crazy. (laughs) And it hurt, right? The surgery, it hurt. It hurt when I walked out. But I don't hurt anymore, right? I'm so thankful that doctor looked at me and said, I'm going to have to cut on you a little bit to fix your hurt. I'm going to hurt you a little bit by telling you this thing is broken in your life, but I know how to fix it. How many of you have been right in the middle of an addiction, right in the middle of a sin, of a temptation, a marriage that's struggling, a parenting issue that you just don't know how to handle, and then God has carried you through it? And now you're looking at someone in your life who's coming to you. They have a hurt in their life. And you know what you can do? You can look at them just like the doctor and say, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. It's going to hurt a little bit. But let me promise you this. I've been there before. And I know the way out. So if you'll just receive this little hurt from me, it it will grow into incredible health for us both. We need to cultivate our relationships with one another. Why? How? Well, it's, this is the place where I'm on your side. And I'm going to tell you good, great, godly things about who you are and who I am and who we are in relationship to Christ. And there are also going to be these moments when we're going to have to look at each other and say, hey, you know what? That whole idea of joy, I don't feel it from you right now. Where's your joy? Hey, peace. How's your peace doing right now? Hey, that thing I saw you do with your wife, that sure didn't really look very patient to me. How are you doing? We need to cultivate our relationships with one another. And as we do that, not only is it about correction, but it's also about affection. It's about these opportunities to celebrate when someone gets it right. Hey, that thing you did with your wife the other day that was so loving, that was so kind, that was so gentle, what an incredible example that is to me. And if you're single, what an amazing group of people we have right here. Some who have been married 15 years and some who have been married 20 years and 25 years and 40 years and some 50 years. If you're single, man, some of you ought to be looking to couples just like that and going, man, I want to be you when I grow up. If I ever, if God ever lets me get married, I want to I be faithful. Remember faithfulness? It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Teach me how to be faithful like that. That's what it means to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and to cultivate our relationships with one another. There's one last thing in this passage that I want us to notice. Actually, actually, uh, yeah, just one last thing. Uh, verse 20, 
2 and 23, it's that fruit of the Spirit list again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is my favorite phrase in this passage. Against such things, there is no law. Okay, it's the thing I dread most about Thanksgiving. I know I'm going to eat far too much, right? I'm going to eat turkey. I'm going to eat dressing. I'm going to eat pie. And then I'm going to eat pie again and again, right? (laughs) And that's my favorite, and I'm with you. You're right. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to be so full on Thanksgiving Day that I'm going to feel terrible afterwards because that's you've done that you've eaten so much like that yeah amen it's it's like a spiritual gift right that's a good thing but look at this the end of verse 23 against such things there is no law when it comes to the fruit of the spirit you can be filled to the full with the fruit of the spirit and never get enough when i say cultivate your relationships one with one another you know what i mean Let God grow this fruit in you. Be filled to the full with it so when it's time for you to talk with someone, you can serve it to someone else. Someone shows up in your life and they don't have peace. Well, you've got so much in your life, you can just serve them some peace. You've got so much in your life, they show up without joy, I can just serve you some joy. They've never experienced the love of God before and you don't even know their name, but you know what? You can love them unconditionally. Faithfulness. I can keep my promises. I can hold on because holding on, man, faithfulness, it gives us this front row seat to all the promises of God. And when the, when the promises don't seem fulfilled yet, I'm gonna keep being faithful, God, to you, to my wife, to my kids, to my church, to my friends. I'm just gonna be faithful, God, because I can be filled to the full with this. And when someone has been unfaithful to me, you know what I can do? Instead of writing them off, I can serve them a blessing of faithfulness and goodness and kindness, and gentleness. In the moment that I am the most angry, and I have a right to be angry, in that moment of anger, God, because he's cultivating his fruit in me and I'm taking another step towards him, he can, I can be filled to the full with self-control. And in that moment of my anger, righteously angry, I can practice gentleness. And with that gentle answer, I can turn away wrath not only somebody else's wrath, but my own. Do you see the power of what happens when you walk with the Spirit? When you recognize this is temptation and it's going to lead me down a terrible path and it's just one outburst of wrath and I really am justified to be upset because my boss said this or my, my friend did that or my team lost or whatever. I, I, it's just one time. I can just let it go and suddenly you're down a path that you never expected to be down. Or you can simply agree with God. Turn around and take another step. Turn around and take another step. And God will grow in you this remarkable fruit that can become your knee-jerk reaction. How good would this place be? How good would our community be? How different would our world be if when I'm poked or when I'm punched or when I'm tempted or when someone says something about me that, that, that bothers me or whenever I'm cut off while I'm driving down the highway, how different would our world be if in the middle of my greatest pressures and stresses and difficulties of life, when I'm sick and I'm hurting and I'm sad and I'm If in the middle of that, my knee-jerk reaction became a reaction that said, I'm going to take a step closer to God. 
And out of that, he's going to cultivate this fruit of the Spirit in me. And so everyone around me, I can now serve that fruit too. I've had friends who have been believers their entire life, and they go into the hospital, and it's the end of their time. And they're hurting, and they're struggling. And I walk in, and the nurses and the doctors, they'll shake their head, and they'll go, I don't want your friend to be sick, but I'm so glad they're here because every time I walk into this room, they are such a blessing to me. They make me smile. They've told me about Jesus. They've sung songs, and they're sick, and I don't understand it. And then they tell them about Jesus. What is that? Well, that's someone whose life is so in step with Christ that the fruit of the Spirit has grown in such a way that they can serve that to everyone around them as their knee-jerk reaction. You see, the Spirit empowers us for every right step. And he gives us the church as an environment for personal growth. That's what he's done. He's given us the church as an environment for personal growth. And then he's created this opportunity for every right step to become a spirit-empowered, knee-jerk reaction for each and every one of us. And so today, the question is just really simple. What step will you take next? Will you cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Will you be filled to the full with the goodness of God, so much so that you can serve that as a knee-jerk reaction to someone else? Or will you do the other thing? You see, where you are today, you got here one step at a time. And where you go tomorrow, you'll get there one step at a time. Let me invite you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to pray for us. After I pray, we're going to stand together and we're going to have an opportunity to sing. And as we sing, as we sing, I believe there are people in the room who need to surrender to their Heavenly Father. I believe there are people in the room who need to look to God and say, God, I don't want to take the steps I've been taking. I want to walk in step with you. So help me, Father. Help me, Father, to believe, to trust, and and to follow you. And I think that's true whether you've been a believer in Jesus Christ your entire life or whether right now you're not sure if you believe in him at all. And so the invitation today, the way you could respond during this message today is very, very simple. You could simply, as the song is sung over you, take some time to pray and say, Father, help me to see my next right step. Help me to take my next right step. Thank you for this environment we call the church where the goodness of who you are can grow in my life and grow in the lives of others. And today, if you're a believer and your next right step is to repent of some temptation or some sin that you've given into and and to turn back to God, then take time during this time to just repent and just ask God for his forgiveness and to help you, to empower you to take your next right step. And if you're someone who's here today and you're not a believer yet, But you've heard these things and you've wondered, well, how do I even do that? I don't even know where to begin. Well, it begins with Jesus Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. The sin that you've given into, the the healing that you need, it, it, it occurred on the cross at Calvary. And you can be forgiven by simply trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Will you surrender to him today? So maybe for you, Heavenly Father, the prayer is, Father, help me to believe. I believe in you. I surrender to you. And I want to walk with you today. 
After this service is over, there'll be people here. I'm one of them. Brandon's one of them. Bruce and Jonathan and Misael. These are all men. And there's so many other people here who would love to be able to talk with you about your faith and the questions you have about what it means to walk with him. But as we sing, pray those prayers and do some business with God today and commit to walk closely in step with him. And if you're not a believer, place your faith in Christ. Heavenly Father, I do pray for us now that today you would help us to honor our relationship with you, that we would cultivate our relationship with one another, that we would recognize that this church is an incredible environment for personal growth, and that as we see all of those things, that we would, that we would simply listen to your spirit, and God, that you would do something powerful in us, something unexplainable to us, that you would win this battle with my flesh. Father, you won it on the cross at Calvary through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. I pray that today that I would and the people of our church would simply walk in the victory that you've given to us and that step by step we would draw close to you and to one another. We love you, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.